Hello, and welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hey guys, Buddy C. I'd like to welcome everyone. We have Kate and Marla and Tina and Lala and Kirsty and Sandra and Rob and Jan and Craig and Paul. Welcome everyone. We're on the 69th chapter of the Dow Day Ching. Some good stuff today. I do want to make a couple of announcements. First, if you want to join us, this is an online, this is a, a recording of the, uh, of a meeting that's held within the share recovery community. If you would like, you're welcome to join the community. It'll cost you a dollar for the first month to see if you like it. There's $12 a month after that. You can cancel at any time. Uh, go to, there's a link in the, uh, in the description. I think you can go to omarpinto.com is, is where you find the information. Sign up for that. I want to mention another URL to you. It's dailyaaemails.com. Uh, at the bottom of that uh, URL is a number of podcasts, recovery-related podcasts that you might like. Also, Transitions Daily is a daily distribution of all of the AA readers that come to you in an email. They send out thousands of these every day, and uh, they keep your email. Uh, they, they don't use it for any marketing or anything else. You just get the one email a day is all, and it's kept private. Actually, it's an online AA group. Interested in that, it's at that URL too. It's dailyaaemails.com. Thirdly, I want to venture off next week away from a chapter meeting. I want us to talk, if we could, next week on light in the Tao Te Ching or light in Taoist thought. I've been studying light and had a few. Light's a natural thing and why we never saw or heard much about, you know, we hear about water all the time, but we've not, not heard of, it looks like there would be a use of uh, light in Taoist teaching, using nature as an example for things. So when I got to looking, there's a good bit there. And I want to talk about that and how light and dark and those things relate to recovery. If you haven't figured this out or haven't tried this, the link that we share in the that's in the chat and that's in the uh, uh, in the meeting description uh, has four uh, different uh, translations. Well, actually, there's ten translations there. At the bottom of each of the translations is uh, era, and you can choose a different translation if you want to. And then, if you wanted to, you could take those translations, let's say, and you could do a Control F if you're on a on a PC, and you you can search out every place where any word is in the Tao Te Ching. So I use this a lot when I'm thinking of different words that I want to read about. So there's a lot of research you could do just from the link. So that's something to to use if you want to. But I just want to talk about that because I've already found a number of different verses from the Tao Te Ching. And then if we search for light, I'm sure we can find a lot of other things that are not in the Tao Te Ching that are attributed to Taoism. That would uh, that would be good, but there's a lot there. You you can open up to five translations at one time. You could do that and do some searching if you wanted to. And I use that a lot for different things when I'm when I've got something on my mind that's uh, Taoist related that I want to research. Okay, the 69th chapter, the Tao Te Ching, 
You going to read for us today, Miss Kate? I will, yep. All right. First translation. There is a saying among soldiers. I dare not make the first move, but would rather play the guest. I dare not advance an inch, but would rather withdraw a foot. This is called marching without appearing to move. Rolling up your sleeves without showing your arm. Capturing the enemy without attacking. Being armed without weapons. There is no greater catastrophe than underestimating the enemy. By underestimating the enemy, I almost lost what I value. Therefore, when the battle is joined, the underdog will win. Next translation. The generals have a saying. Rather than make the first move, it is better to wait and see. Rather than advance an inch, it is better to retreat a yard. This is called going forward without advancing, pushing back without using weapons. There is no greater misfortune than underestimating your enemy. Underestimating your enemy means thinking that he is evil. Thus you destroy your three treasures and become an enemy yourself. When two great forces oppose each other, the victory will go to the one that knows how to yield. Third translation. There is an old saying, It is better to become the passive in order to see what will happen. It is better to retreat a foot than to advance only an inch. This is called being flexible while advancing, pushing back without using force, and destroying the enemy without engaging him. There is no greater disaster than underestimating your enemy. Underestimating your enemy means losing your greatest assets. When equal forces meet in battle, victory will go to the one that enters with the greatest sorrow. Final translation. There's an old military saying, I'd rather face an attack than have to make one. I'd rather retreat a foot than try to advance an inch. That's the secret to moving forward while staying put, preparing for battle without revealing your strength. When you defend yourself without any show of force, you give your opponent nothing to fight. Attacking an enemy you've underestimated is a costly mistake. When two forces oppose each other, the winner is the one most reluctant to fight. Thank you, Kate. Comments? Yes, Kirsty. Um, I think um, there's there's part of this that that for me says treat those you you believe are enemies with compassion. Um, but as a whole, it seems to be I don't know for me anyway. If we don't have enemies. We don't see people as enemies. There is no need to fight. And um, and if we see, see people that are coming at us trying to have a fight with compassion, then understanding that their hurt or anger might come from a place of um, trouble in themselves, then we're better faced to have that debate um, and, and also also not to react, um, not to react, not to 
um, I can't remember what mum used to call it. You don't rise to the challenge. You don't rise to the bait. Um, you respond and, yeah, rather so, than react. Would that be it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I mean, I, I, I would always, I, I would always be ready for certain people. If I, if I knew I was going to be coming across them, if there were people from my past that triggered me, I would be literally armed. Well, armed in men- mentally ready for a, um, an argument when now I would, I would, um, approach those situations quite differently. Yeah. Thanks, Kirsty. Uh, Derek Lynn talks about approaching this as a guest would approach rather than like if you were a guest in someone's house, the attitude that you take as a guest, that you approach the confrontation as if you're the guest, not as if you own the home. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was I thought that was real good. This is Jonathan uh, Starr's translation. The great warriors have a saying: "I dare not act as host, but would rather be a guest." He says it too. I dare not advance an inch, but would rather retreat a foot. So advance, but do not use your feet. Seize, but do not use your arms. Cut, but do not use your sword. Fight, but do not use your own power. There's no greater misfortune than feeling like you have an enemy. For when I and enemy exist together, there's no room left for my treasure. Thus, when two opponents meet, the one without an enemy will surely triumph. There's something also about the fact that if if everybody was living by this principle of not having an enemy, then we wouldn't have the conflicts that we do in our society. Um, yeah, this is the thing, though. It still works whether we, uh, whether everyone else does it or not for us personally. You know, yes. it can yeah. still work for us, which is fantastic. Uh, it's interesting how it's the feeling that we have an enemy. So the idea of an enemy is an illusion. It's not real. And, uh, uh I think our Wayne Dyer talks about that too, Marla. Um, but uh, I thought that was really good. And it says that when when I and enemy exist together, there is no room for my treasure. And this was talking about the three treasures, because it says that again over here that uh, in the Mitchell translation, under, underestimating your enemy means thinking that he is evil. Thus, you destroy your three treasures and become an enemy yourself. And the three treasures, you know, we talked about that, and I looked those up again. From 67, we talked about the three treasures. So we destroy our treasures by thinking we have an enemy. And our treasures are the ability to love, compassion, moderation, the ability to give, and humility, the ability to be grateful. So we, when we think we have an enemy, then, then we lose the ability to love and give and be grateful, which makes sense. Makes perfect sense. 
I guess, uh, buddy, I just have a quick question. Uh, the one thing I don't understand is they say you underestimate the enemy and think they're evil. Uh, the two for me is, uh, appears to be a contradiction because, yeah. Okay. I may, be, I may be completely missing the point. Well, this is, I had to, I've read this several times. The first time I didn't, well, I've studied this before. So I didn't just come into this and read it for an hour this morning. Uh, my friend that I meet with on uh, Wednesdays, we, we look at this a good while back, this one. And he gave me a lot of insight on this, uh, Zach E. And uh, this is from A Course in Miracles, uh, the 136th lesson. It says that defenses are plans to defeat what cannot be attacked, which is the truth and the indivisible wholeness of the one self. This is what Wayne Dyer was talking about. The fact that when we attack, we're really attacking ourselves, that there's no such thing as an enemy. So we're underestimating our enemy because they're not evil because they're us. We're like part of this one body, Jan, is the way I'm interpreting this. So it fits in perfectly with, you know, with everything else that we're learning. You know, you then be overestimating your enemy if, if you, if you think they're evil. Sorry. It's just, it's just a word. I, I sorry. <laughs> I don't mean to get hung up on semantics. I guess it's just, just underestimating and evil, which I would think would then be the opposite. Well, I'll, my thinking on that was you're underestimating their ability, not underestimating their evil, underestimating who they are. Okay. I, I, it was, was the way I, maybe I their character, their character or their intentions. I, I guess the only other I, thing that, that, that I want to add maybe here is I, I, I'm completely with this, but there is such a thing as malevolence in this world. And, mm-hmm. and obviously you know, one has to, you know, not everybody's intentions are pure, but I mean, I guess that's maybe a discussion for something else in a different forum. All, all I'm saying is, yeah, it's, there may actually be people out there to harm you. Oh, there definitely are people out there to harm you. Oh, this is not something to live in a bubble. Yeah. This is not, and, and this is not a fragile thing, you know, that, uh, you know, and, and it's not pie in the sky either. Because this is all about our responses and our wholeness. So what happens is when we're in any kind of confrontation, and I've been learning to live this out, and this is hard to live out, Jan, but I've been learning to live this out. And when I respond with kindness to injury, when I find a way to care and a way to love instead of a way to hurt things just work out better for me the extremes of you know someone wanting to kill you you all that kind of stuff i mean that's not something i've ever had to deal with so i i can't speak to that i can just speak to like regular average life experiences so you know and with those this works every time every time so I've not had an exception that this didn't work with. You know, I really haven't. But it's basically saying the same thing a different way. Anyone else? I'm sorry. I'm just going on. Anyone else got a comment? Can I say something? Oh, sure. Sure. So with this underestimating the enemy, is it kind of saying, you know, you're you're reducing 
someone to the status of just being enemy. They're much more than, than that. Rather than looking at other other qualities of the enemy, and that's that's a risky thing to be doing for your for yeah. That, you know, we're we're saying that this person has no value to us other than to be an enemy, but they're much more than that. Right. Okay. That, that's how I'm interpreting it, Kate. Okay. But this idea of underestimating, I, in my thinking, is to uh, is that you're you're lowering them to a status of an enemy when they're they're much, you know, there's much more to them than that. That they're much more valuable to you. They're actually part of you. It's like you're not liking your hand, so you're gonna cut your hand off. That sounds so ridiculous. I don't like my feet because my toes are crooked, so I'm going to cut my foot off. Okay. How silly is that? But what they're saying is that it's the same idea that we're all one and that, that when we attack someone else, we're really attacking ourselves is the idea that I'm seeing behind that. And that the one that loses is the one that has an enemy. The one that, and when we have an enemy that we cut off, the ability to show compassion, to give, to be grateful, our treasures. And when we shut that off, we don't leave room for God to work in our life. We can see that in recovery. When when we're in this fight and we're just struggling, you know, and we don't leave room for God and we're, you know, all about it, like in any kind of resentment or anything, that's, I think that's what we're doing when we choose to pray for someone that we dislike or that we hate, you know, that we, when we start dealing with those resentments, that's, that's what we're doing is using our treasures. Paul, you have something, sir? Yeah, I think you just kind of hit on what I was going to say there, buddy. But Sorry. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> that's fine. I just wanted to add a little bit. Um, I looked up uh, the dictionary definition of enemy, and it says a thing that harms or weakens something else. And I just think back to my addiction. And how I was my own worst enemy when it came to addiction. And I think a lot of us can resonate with that because I felt that I was not good enough. You know, I, I perceived that I had all these outside enemies, but really the enemy was within myself. And it took me a long time to figure that one out. You know, I think in getting back to what Jan was saying about, you know, yes, there may be some people out there who do want to do you harm. But like Buddy said, I've never come across those people all of my enemies that i've dealt with in my my personal uh, space have have been people i didn't like for one reason or another but they truly were not my enemies in fact they probably weren't even thinking of you that they were yeah that they were my enemies at all so uh and again i uh, if if i have somebody i don't get along with or something i do try to uh see their point of view and i don't consider I don't truly consider that I have any enemies these days because I, you know, even if I don't like somebody, again, I try to just think of them as part of the whole. And I think buddies, he kind of hit on it. Uh, I think relaying it back to resentments and, and, and being, you know, living in your own head and, and you, you're still seeing this person or, or this family member as an enemy and, you know, they've moved on. They're not even thinking of you and, and you're dying inside or, or whatever and, and turning into knots. And yeah, no, no, I, I, 
this this makes a lot of sense. So thank you. Um, good. In the Jonathan, thanks guys. In the Jonathan Star, um, make your own translation in the commentary. Uh, that whole phrase there about your three treasures could be translated as uh, making light of instead of enemy could be translated as your inner enemies, greed, anger, those things. So not something external, but something internal. So making light of greed and anger will cause you to lose what you have or what you value. I'm sorry, lose what you value. So that's another possible translation of that. When we take it and turn it around and we're talking about inner enemies, then that puts a whole nother light on it. One more thing out of this before we move on. That last phrase of uh, that the victory will go to the one who knows how to yield. This could be translated. The victory goes to the one who has com- the one who has compassion will conquer. Is there also something in that in terms of the willingness to forgive? Yeah, so yeah. Releasing for sure. yourself. That's coming from, up. Releasing yourself from the um, turmoil within yourself by the act of forgiveness. forgiveness. Exactly. See, that's what this is all about, is flipping it to, to what's inside, you know, flipping it around, you know. It's what this whole deal's about. So really the, the whole the whole application can be uh the internal application with this, not with other people too, Kirsty. So yeah. It mostly is internal. Yeah. I, I remembered what I had to say and just forgive me, but the whole ch- verse reminded me of that scene in the movie Gandhi where he's he himself is just standing in front of an army of guys that have guns pointed at him and he's just standing there not doing anything but talking in, 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 you know, just facing up to that enemy and that violence. Yeah. That's, that's what we're talking about today. In the Derek Lynn translation, he says, acting from compassion, they realize that it is more important to be kind than to be right. When you find yourself in an argument, why not yield and let the other party win? What do you really have to lose? The point of being right. How yeah. The satisfaction of being right. That's what <laughs> but is that really winning? No. That's, very, that's a very egotistical um, thing. Of course. That, that's the whole idea, Jan. That it's an illusion that this person is your enemy. <laughs> well, that, yeah. Mm. It, this whole fight is an illusion. And the one that's going to really win, if you, if, if there's a better word than win, because win means there's a loser, you know, but the one, you know, the one who would win, for lack of a better word, would be the one that knows how to give, the one that knows how to love, because, because you get rid of that anger and that resentment and, and all of the, the, the divisiveness, because that's the problem is the divisiveness and the ego part of that. So. That's good stuff. I have something to say. So one thing that I've done before out of the blue, before anything started is um, I think it was my husband and I were dating probably 20 years ago. We were started to argue about something and I think I just, it was like on a Sunday and I was really tired and I said, you know what? I mean, I was really fired up about this, but I was so tired. I said, 
free pass. And I mean, and I don't know where it came from, but I said, well, you know what? I, I don't want to argue because I knew that that was going to take on stress for me for the next hour. It was going to put me under great stress. So I, I've thought about that a lot because it's like saying, fine, you, I don't want to argue because that will also make me put me under turmoil. And that's kind of like, I think what, what they're saying here is just relent. Just, is it that important to, but we have to learn how do you, just all of a sudden be like, fine, I don't care about this right now, or I don't want to care about this. But maybe um, see the next time you guys get into an argument or you feel like there's conflict, see how you would feel if you could just say, I don't want to do this. I'm going to say you win or not that you win or, or do whatever, but basically just say free pass. You know, at the time, it's the only word I could come up with. And he was like, this is the best day of my life. Because I probably was the one that wanted to argue. And he was like, okay, let's do this. I don't find this is the thing now. You know, so it wasn't important to him. It was only important to me. I'm like, how important is that for me to, to do this? It's only hurting myself and stressing me out. And I learned a lot from that one time. Because probably because I wanted to watch a movie or something selfish. And I'm like, let's just get on with it. I got to get to bed early. I don't have time to argue for an hour like I want to. Tina, I'm very uh, grateful and very uh, uh, fortunate that I was sent a wife that is just like I was a few years ago, right? <laughs> so when she starts getting angry, her voice starts going up, right? So I know before this starts, and she doesn't realize it, right? So I, I can I get a red flag. So I can choose at that moment <laughs> whether I want to fight or whether I don't want to fight, you know. And in the past, I have just, oh, good, I get to fight a little bit, you know, and then get in there and fight, you know, and enjoy it. And But over the last few years, I've tried to take the other approach. So what I have learned is when her voice starts going up, and I know it's coming, if it does get a little heated, I, if I'm spiritually fit, I will say, honey, I'm not going to participate in this conversation, and I will leave while she is still sometimes saying things to try to keep me and make me stay, you know, and still, come on, I want to fight, you know, and I said, no, uh -uh. I'm not going to do this, no, and so, and I'll walk out of the room, sometimes even leave, you know, so that I don't have to participate, but, and that's always better. I've never regretted not fighting. And that's so hard for me because I used to look for a fight. I had friends that I could get stirred up just so I could fight, you know, because I just enjoyed it. So that's, a, that's wife, a change of nature. The does your wife react to that? Does she really find it frustrating? Because I've had to learn not to, not to even try to argue with my husband because he does, he, he naturally does exactly the same as you. And, and I've had, I've personally mm. had to learn not to, want to argue at, I mean, at, first, yeah. at first it was aggravating for her mm. and uh and then now she's like wow you've changed like it's me that you know like i'm, I'm no longer fighting with her like it's me that's gotten better I said, yeah that's fine <laughs> you know you're no longer fighting with me you're doing better you know like it's uh all me and i said that's fine you know i don't have to you know correct her you know so it's just good that we're not fighting as much as we were you know, mm. you know, not to say it can't still happen because it can, you know, but uh, uh, I have learned, too, 
that if I'm kind of aggravated about something else, which a lot of times I may be aggravated on about something and she comes in and I start fighting with her, I'm short with her and it has nothing to do with her. But if you ever are short, she goes at it. You know, she doesn't, you know, she's, she's ready. And so, uh, I'll just tell her, say, Hey, listen, I'm sorry. I'm a little short right now and I don't mean to be. Uh, so please just bear with me while I work through and I'll tell her whatever's going on. That's got me a little disturbed. And so I've learned when I do that, that, uh, that that helps too, you know, uh, that's compassion for me and compassion for her. You know, I've got, uh, another quote. This is from a, a book on business in the Tao Te Ching, real power, James Altry and Stephen Mitchell that did our translation. About this verse, it says, the great advantage of knowing how to yield is that even in your victory, your opponent, your business competitor, ambitious colleague, or spouse won't feel defeated. I thought that was really good, that they won't feel defeated because, you know, you've worked this out in a way of love instead of, you've used love to work this out instead of ego and uh control and all the tools ego has which is mostly fear so i thought that was good am i missing any comments got a lot of folks and i know i could overlook somebody okay how about uh wayne dyer you got anything there marla that you liked yeah there's a few ideas that are that we haven't discussed yet I'm a little bit under the weather today, so I'm stuck. You want me to, well, you want us to get someone else to read for you? Are you okay? No, I got, uh, I got just a few things underlined because it's okay. a really redundant, um, verse and we know, we already know what we're talking about. Uh, this 69th verse, it's called Living Without Enemies. I like it. Imagine a world with a common heritage that bonded all beings on the planet. A world that didn't know the word enemy, where everyone happily agreed that we're all one people, originating from the same source of non-being. Imagine that. Picture a world that understood that harming anyone would be analogous to harming oneself. Unfortunately, while there's never been a state such a state of affairs among humans during the entire written history of civilization, this is the vision of, of Lao Tzu in the 69th verse of the Tao Te Ching. And it's my vision for what's possible when we work at being Tao-centered people with Tao-centered leadership. The grand vision begins right here, right now with you. Remove the concept of enemy from your life and model this behavior for those around you. Ultimately, the ripple effect will move everyone around the globe toward an enemyless world. And then he talks about a mass shooting. We can all relate to that. I was going to look up that mass shooting, and I forgot to. Yeah, I kind of recall. You know, they're also blurred because there's so many now. But the response to this one was different. And that, hey, Jan, this will this this mass shooting actually speaks to your uh, question about a real it uh, and a physical enemy, right? Yeah, yeah, that's why this was something we hadn't talked about yet. So, as one of the leaders said, we have no enemies. We are all God's children, and forgiveness is at the very core of our Christian faith. Is at the very core of our Christian faith. 
If we can't forgive those who are lost and would do harm to us, like a mass shooter, then our faith would be meaningless. These beautiful words are so similar in feeling to what Lao Tzu wrote in this verse. Quote, there is no greater misfortune than feeling I have an enemy, unquote. And quote, when two opponents meet, the one without an enemy will surely triumph, quote. Then he goes on to talk about a book that somebody else wrote, The Tao of Inner Peace, which looks kind of good. Marla, I ordered that book this morning. I got it for $5 with shipping on Amazon. Shocking. You. You know, there wasn't a run on it. It's not a bestseller. No. So, no. I mean, it's like a dollar plus shipping. So this book by Diane Dreher, she wrote, Making enemies gives away our power keeps us from taking responsibility for our lives. Instead of resolving conflict, we focus our attention on fearing, hating, and lashing out at perceived enemies. Unquote. Nice. Yeah, that looks good. The lesson from Diane's brilliant book, as well as this verse of the Dao Ching and the statement of the Amish community leader, is that conflict doesn't have to mean combat. Lao Tzu advised that if war ever does become inevitable, one should practice defense rather than offense. One should never initiate hostilities, but recognize in the heat of battle that the battle itself is something to grieve about. With no concept, no concept of enemy and a heart that's filled with compassion, one stays harmonized with the Tao. And then um, it goes on. Refuse to think of anyone as your adversary. Reread the most important line in this verse. Quote, when I, an enemy, exist together, there's no room left for my treasure. Unquote. Your treasure is your peace of mind and your Tao connection. So your competitors in business, your opponents in an athletic match, and the members of a competing political party are not your foes. And those people whom a government declares are your enemies are most assuredly not. Quote, also, <laughs> one more thing. Vow never to start a fight. So I don't talk about politics anymore. Not here, at least. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Doesn't all of this, so, I mean, as we're reading all of this, and it was written 25 to 5,000 years ago, and all I, I see is things that are happening right now. And it just means that we've been human for so long. You know, things that are going on now were recognized thousands and thousands of years ago. And they're still happening to this day. It's the same human behavior. We have not learned. Same nature. Same nature. The yeah. selfishness, I, me, and mine, it's the same thing. I think George wrote a, a song about that. I mean, mine. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that almost without making this anyway political, the more politically correct we, the society is becoming, the more divisive we're becoming because we're we're not seeing each other as a universal, the body of Christ. If you're Christian, but I'm seeing you as white. I'm seeing you as black, and everybody's just being pigeonholed in. I don't know. I, I just don't, I've never felt this divisiveness and I grew up in apartheid South Africa. And what I see is happening in the States at the moment is truly disconcerting for me as an outsider. Um, because I see a lot of red flags 
uh, there. And I also see a, a lot of what, you know, we're not teaching our kids accountability anymore. And I think there's a bit in this piece about accountability as well. It's, it's almost you're giving away the power and you're not looking at yourself. So I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I'm just kind of <laughs> a bit down on what's happening in the world. But anyway, I, nothing is new under the sun. And that's somewhere in the Bible as well. I guess, um, if I remember correctly, Proverbs or, or, or somewhere like that. Nothing is new under the sun. Um, anyway, that's me. Thanks, Jan. That was good. <laughs> Jan. Great. Nothing is new under the sun. You, uh, you, do you have any more, Marla, or you want me to? No, I'm worn out. Okay, I'm sorry, dear. I hope you get to feeling better. I do want to read a couple more things out of this. I'll kind of, I want to, I've had a couple of things I really liked. Uh, this vow, on this vow to never start a fight. I want to just read that whole thing, the rest of this and the do the Dow now. Uh, stay on the defensiveness side of disputes, aligning with Lao Tzu's advice to play the guest rather than make the first move. See colleagues where you once saw combatants. By finding yourself in them, finding yourself in them. See, finding the way that you're alike rather than the way that you're different. Uh, convey compassion and caring toward your perceived adversaries who are actually representing a part of you. Refuse to start a fight, reminding yourself that you'd be battling with yourself. Find a way to see oneness in a holy encounter since all of us are of the Tao. Then do the Tao now. Reproduce these words found in Anne Frank's diary written as she was being hunted by the Nazis. In spite of everything, I still believe that people are really good at heart. I can feel the suffering of millions, and yet, if I look up into the heavens, I think that it will all come right. That's powerful. Because this is really all about our response, you know. This is about our inner response to everything. Yesterday was Holocaust Remembrance Day. Think about those words she just said, how she's forgiving her enemies. You know, she knew she was going to be killed. Anyways, that's enough Enough of that. Guys, any, uh, any comments? Um Craig, you've been quiet today. You've been busy working and not paying attention. What's your deal? Have you been busy? Have you and Jan been busy chatting back and forth and not paying attention to the podcast? <laughs> As if we would do anything like that. You, y'all know, would never do that. We, 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 we give you your full attention. No, I'm, I'm kind of multitasking, so I'm kind of working, texting, Facebook, and, and listening, and downloading some memes. But no, it's, also, it's, a, yeah. it's, a, really, it's a really interesting chapter. Um, I like the idea of uh, I like the idea of um, being the guest, not the, not the host, not not the aggressor. That's that's kind of where I come from. I, I, I prefer people to come to me rather than me go to them with all my bullshit because they usually call me out in it. Hey, in this uh, Jonathan Star in the back where you're writing your own translation, mm-hmm. yeah, you can go to the very back of the book, find a word you like, go to the very back, and it cross references every place in the Tao Te Ching that that one word is used. It's a but you can even do even, you know, it's like a concordance. Yeah. So it's really as powerful. You could use this to do some really good study. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, you know, I, I think it was one of the best texts I've picked up on it. Um, just given the fact that it explains to you how how you can make your own translations, um, just having the different context of the words in it as well. It's, it's, it's more enlightening than just reading something and thinking, what the hell was all that about? Having the different translations in it, you can see the different words have the different meanings. I'm just looking over my notes to see if I missed anything. Okay, our, our application of this. Let's use page 84 on it, Paul. When we, on, out of the big book, when we have a resentment, we ask God to remove it. We tell somebody. We make an amend. And we turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Is that not doing this 69th? Um, that's leaving room for our treasures, regardless of what uh, what the the angst is, you know, what the issue is. It's always the same response. So I thought that was good. I thought that was good. That's all I have, guys. Remember, next week we won't be doing the 70th. We will uh, we'll study light. And I really want to talk about this, um, the relationship of light to dark. and Examples of it in within the Tao Te Ching and then how that relates to recovery. There's some very good analogy there for recovery that that really works. That really works. Um, if there's nothing else, guys, I guess we'll call it there. Everyone good? Okay, guys, we'll see you all next week. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.